Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, Zach Kicks, and I just want to start us off by saying none of you guys actually answered the theme song question from yesterday, so I'm a little upset. I didn't think it was a very hard theme song to guess. It was from Gremlins, one of my favorite Halloween movies. My parents and I used to watch it for Family Movie Night around Halloween time every single year growing up. So I love Gremlins. Really upset none of you guys guessed it, so we got to try some new things to get you guys answering. I actually have an idea, though. So hear me out on this. Hear me out. I didn't get many mailbag questions last week, and I'm, I was a little upset about that cause, you know, before I've got like 17, 19 questions. I can barely get them all in. This week I only got four or five. Now, I'm not going to take super offense to that because I do believe a lot of it does have to go with the Redskins record and and them losing a lot recently. You guys are kind of getting turned off as a fan base. I get that. I get that. To get you guys listening more, I decided to do a little a little fun thing with with this. Now, next week's mailbag will be on Wednesday, as it always is. And here's what I'm going to do with that. Everybody who asks a question for that mailbag, I will put their name in a random hat drawing. If I pull your name out of that random hat drawing. You can be a guest on this podcast and just talk about your Redskins with me. Come on the podcast. Come talk with me. So I will put everyone's name who asks a question for next week's mailbag into a hat. And if I pull your name, you get to come on the podcast with me. How does that sound? I will put that on Twitter. I will put that on social media. Let you guys know and see how many questions I get for this next week and see who the lucky winner is come on the podcast. But to get out of that, to jump into today's actual show, we have a good show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the injury report, the Seahawks, and actually how to beat them, along with what this Redskins team can do this week to get back on a winning streak after these two back-to-back divisional losses. Before jumping into anything, though, I want to let you guys know this Thursday edition of Locked on Redskins is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. So to kind of jump into today's episode, we are going to start with this gruesome injury report. Now, I'm not going to say what every guy's injury is on here. I'm just going to read them off by name. All the guys who are on the injury report, so they could be questionable, they could be uh, limited practice. I don't really know exactly. I'm just going to go straight down just so I'm not here for half an hour talking about, you know, guys' scrapes and bruises. But here are all the guys who are on the injury report. Zach Brown, Jamison Crowder, Matt Ioannidis, Sean Laval, Spencer Long, Ty Insecki, Niles Paul, Jordan Reed, Brandon Sheriff, Trent Williams, Rashad Breland, Rob Kelly, Monte Nicholson, Martrell Spate, TJ Clemmings, Tom, Will, Will Compton, not Tom Compton, geez. DeShazer Everett, Ryan Kerrigan, Morgan Moses, Josh Norman, and Terrell Pryor. So yeah, welcome to your 2017 Washington Redskins where seven offensive linemen are injured or might not play this week, along with half the defense, all the playmakers on offense, everybody that we have besides Kirk Cousins is on this injury report. I understand it, things are looking bleak going to the Seahawks game. Everyone is hurt. And to even go off that list there, guys who aren't going to play or who I don't expect to play, uh, Zach Brown I know is actually like a legit questionable. He really might not play. Jameson Crowder, heard the Redskins are actually really concerned with him, so I don't actually think he plays this week. Matt Ioannidis will not play. Spencer Long will not play. Ty Insecki will not play. Niles Paul will not play. Jordan Reed will not play. Brandon Sheriff might play. Trent Williams most likely is not going to play. TJ Clemmings I don't think he's going to play either. I think Will Compton might not play as well. So those are all of our injuries and guys who will not play. Uh, It's going to be a really hard game against one of the top teams in all football this week without 
basically anybody on this team. And this injury report is just piling up every single week, and it's just it's horrible to watch. Like I said on earlier pods, and I've been saying on social media and everything this week, it's just a really good team, or not even a really good team, just a good team, above-average team that should make the playoffs, just getting derailed by injuries. Like, you can't do anything about it. It happens. It happens to the best teams. It happens to the Packers. It happens to the Ravens the last couple years, too. But it's just it's something that you wish wasn't a part of the game, but it is. Like, you know, speaking of injuries, it actually just break, it just dropped. So you guys are going to be, like, listening to this at midnight, so it'll actually be old news by then. But when I'm recording this, Deshaun Watson is out for the year with an ACL injury. That is horrible news because even though I didn't think Watson was playing as amazing as what Stat said, he's still having an awesome rookie year, and he's turning things around for the Texans. Now they have his ACL injury. They have J.J. Watt's injury for the year. They have Whitney Merciless' injury for the year. Like, that, that team is just as injury-stricken as the Redskins. And as a result, both teams might miss the playoffs because of all these injuries. So it's just a horrible thing right now that's going around the NFL, lots and lots of injuries. Nothing you can really do about it, and it just sucks seeing a good team derailed by all these injuries. But yeah, that's the injury report there. Again, it is really brutal. Still to come here on Locked on Redskins, though, we are going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks, why their season has been going so well, and how the Redskins can exploit their weaknesses and look to get a big win this weekend at their place. All right, jumping into our Seattle breakdown. Now, the Seahawks are a really good team. I've been hyping it up so much today. I've been hyping it up the last couple days, last couple weeks. This is actually the one game I've been most scared of since the schedule released this this year, just because, one, Redskins do not play the Seahawks very well. Seahawks, and it's because the Seahawks are a good team, one. And two, at Seattle is almost impossible to play at. It is a deafening stadium there. Deshaun Watson, actually, i got to give a lot of credit to that guy. I know I just talked about him, but... I did not see him coming in there and tearing apart that Seahawks defense, and he played outstanding last week. If Kirk Cousins can put up that kind of production, I think the Redskins can pull off a victory. But to kind of jump back in Seattle again, they are a really good team. Their defensive line is stacked. Just to name a couple players on the defensive line here, Michael Bennett is one of the best defensive ends in football. Then you throw in that they have Jaron Reed. Frank Clark is also a defensive end. Sheldon Richardson, who they acquired from the Jets, is having a good year. Nazaire Jones, I think a fourth-round pick out of North Carolina. And, oh yeah, they just signed Dwight Freeney, perhaps the greatest pass rusher in NFL history, one of the top, you know, five pass rushers in the history of football. Throwing that they also have a pretty good linebacking core of Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, and whoever they start on the other side, I think Terrence Garvin plays a lot of there, who, if Redskins remember, was on our team last year as a special teams ace. And then, oh yeah, let's not forget about some all pros that they have in their secondary with Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas if he plays. I don't believe he's going to play this week, but Earl Thomas as well. And rookie Shaq Griffin, I think third-round pick out of UCF, is also playing really well. So that is an elite defense, and that's not even mentioning who they have on offense. You know, they have pro bowler Russell Wilson starting at quarterback for them. Not enough can be said about how good that guy is at football. I don't think he's a top-five quarterback in football, like a lot of people say. But again, you can't say enough about him. He is a really good player. He's a playmaker. He's gotten them to two Super Bowls already, and he's, what, 26 years old, 27 years old. He is a legit player. Throwing that they have Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham, uh, Thomas Rawls when he plays, CJ Procise when he plays. Those are all legit players right there. Paul Richardson's actually been playing really well the last couple of weeks too, so look out for him. Now their offensive line is their rough spot. Now to kind of jump into how the Redskins can exploit this team, got to exploit the offensive line. The offensive line is a terrible, terrible weakness for them. I know they've been getting some consistent play the last couple games out of guys like Ethan Pockett or Pochick, however you say his name. I, I, it's horrible how I said it. Uh, Justin Britt, again, who is actually playing really well at center for them. And now they have newly acquired Dwayne Brown. So the left side is looking a lot better. But Ode Ibushi and Jermaine Ifedi is, is a terrible right side for them. 
So if the Redskins need, want to get this win, Kerrigan has to have a huge day, which I expect him to. At this point, Ryan Kerrigan is what he is. He's a great player. The problem is Russell Wilson's going to make him miss more times than he's going to get than Kerrigan's going to get him down. So the way the Redskins can kind of counteract that to try to pull off this win is you got to know the Seahawks don't have a running game whatsoever. Now this hurts Zach Brown, who is the Redskins' best middle linebacker, but he is a run-first stuffer. So in my opinion, what they need to do is Zach Brown and other linebackers who are kind of poor in coverage just blitz the hell out of them. This entire game, just blitz, blitz, blitz. Come after Russell Wilson with everything you got. Contain him. Keep him in the pocket. Don't let him get outside. Because we saw a big game from him last week. He had a huge game last week against the Texans and their battered team. It was all on kind of rollouts, broken down plays where he was out of the pocket. The Redskins got to blitz and contain. Keep him in that pocket. Make him throw it to these. These receivers are good players. Doug Baldwin's a very good player. Paul Richardson is a very good player. But the Redskins also have very good players back there. We have Josh Norman, all-pro corner. We have Rashad Breeland, who's, playing an, who's having an excellent year. We have Monte Nicholson, who has the range up top to cover anything that gets over him. They have guys out there. And also, Nicholson can shut down Jimmy Graham easy. I'm not too concerned about that. I just want Nicholson to play. But they have playmakers in the secondary. Kendall Fuller can also lock down whoever they start in the slot receiver, too. So I'm really not too concerned about their playmakers beating our playmakers. I would leave them on islands and just blitz Russell Wilson. Blitz him. Now, again, he's going to get his plays. He's going to get his fair share of big plays. He is a very good player, but the Redskins need a blitz and contain and get on him and keep these receivers on lockdown, and then their offense won't have much. And that's kind of what the scouting report's been on them this whole year. Just get on their get on their receivers on the outside. They already don't have a running game, and get on Russell Wilson. That's how you hold them to limited points. Now, before we jump into how do the Redskins can exploit their defense and their defensive weaknesses, I was going to say, I'm, I really hope you guys didn't listen to my betting advice last week. Now, I was close on a couple games. I think the Jets did uh, ha- uh, split out or whatever it's called when it came in their games. I think they did lose by five I get to Atlanta. So that one I think I have, but the other ones I, I really was not very close on. So I really hope you didn't listen to my, my betting advice last week. Here's to a new week and two, two games who I think you guys should bet on. Because I think this week, I think this is my week, guys. I really do think this is my week. I think I can get it this week. Now, the Colts are at Green Bay. The Packers don't have a quarterback. Brent Hundley is playing pretty rough right now. Now, Aaron Jones is going to destroy this Colts defense. I, I completely expect that. But Brent Hundley has been playing poor, and I don't think they have the team that is capable of blowing another team out, even a bad team like the Colts. So the Colts are going to Green Bay as 7.5-point underdogs. I do see the Colts losing by like 6 or 7, but I don't see them losing by more than 7.5. So put your money on the Colts. And also, Jacksonville is a 7-point underdog at Kansas City. With that Jacksonville defense, I don't see them being underdogs anywhere. I really like their team. I really think they're going to win that division now easily with Watson out for the year. So I don't see Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville can actually win this game. So put money on Jacksonville. Put money on the Colts. I think that favorable matchups are both their underdogs by seven or more points. Definitely put your money on them this week. Now that I've given you guys my expert advice on who to bet, for, bet on this week, be sure to go on mybookie.ag for when you are actually putting these bets down and winning some money. Now, my bookie has been in the business for years. The rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, it's just two business days, guys. You've got to check it out. You guys already know who's going to win because you got your advice from me. Now, again, last week was a fluke week. The NFL has a couple flukes every now and then. But I'm very confident in my picks this week. I would only recommend this to my listeners who have been good to me. So please, guys, visit mybookie.ag, and they will match your first deposit with up to a 100% bonus. 
Use the promo code Locked On to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Now to jump into a kind of our defensive preview, I just want to preface this by saying I really don't see the Redskins having that great a game against this defense, mostly because we are going against the best defensive line in football with the most injured offensive line in football. We have Morgan Moses, who is ailing. Brandon Sheriff likely won't play. Spencer Long likely won't play. Sean Laval likely won't play. And Trent Williams hopefully doesn't play, along with TJ Clemmings not playing and Ty Insecki not playing. So we are looking at probably Tyler Catalina starting at left tackle, who was a guard last week, Eric Quandro at left guard, Chase Rude at center, and I don't even know who the right guard is. I know it's a guy we just signed. It might be Orlando Franklin for all I know, because I know they just signed him. And then again, injured Morgan Moses. It is not looking very good, and against guys like Sheldon Richardson, Michael Bennett, Jaron Jones, that those are tough guys to play against when you don't have your offensive line. Even if you have your offensive line, those are your tough guys to block. So I really don't think this team's going to have a great game. We the one shining like the one good thing to look at with this with this matchup though is Earl Thomas is likely out, so the Redskins might be able to take some shots. But again, I don't think they're going to have enough time in the pocket to take some shots because the Cowboys' offensive line last week dominated this Redskins' backups, and the Cowboys' defensive line is good. But they're not near as good as the Seahawks defensive line. So it's definitely going to be a problem this week. So the two ways they can kind of take advantage of this aggressive attacking defense is get the ball out quick, get it on slants, short outs, Chris Tom- anything to Chris Thompson, get the ball out quick, make them have to tackle you. Just get the ball out of Cousins' hands quick, though. Don't let him get hit. Let him get it out. I want check down City this week. I know that, that all Redskins fans hate hearing that, but I want check down City because I don't want Cousins getting hurt. And I honestly think that this team is just going to get such an insane pass rush. You just need to get the ball out quick. So check down City with an occasional deep shot. And when I say occasional deep shot, I mean like maybe one a quarter. you got to take that deep shot to Doxon. He's going to have Shaq Griffin on him. Shaq Griffin is a rookie corner. you got to take advantage of that. Throw it up to Doxon against the rookie corner. Now, Doxon I know isn't the most experienced, but you got to take a chance every now and then, especially against a rookie corner like that. So take the occasional shot, but check down City, and you just got to hope that your playmakers make plays. If they don't, then you're going to lose, you know, regardless, because it's going to be tough to run against this team. It's going to be tough to throw, you know, down the field against this team. But, that, yeah, that's the only thing I can really come up with on how to actually score on this defense is check down City and take some deep shots. Now, before we jump into this last part of the podcast where I'm going to kind of talk about, like, the trade deadline deals and, and why I'm glad the Redskins didn't make any deals, I just want to let you guys know, please, if you like or completely hate my voice, go on iTunes right now, right after you're done listening, Leave a review, you know, rate it five stars, rate it one star, whatever. Say the host is awesome, his voice is, is the sexiest voice you've ever heard, or say it's the worst thing ever, and it's, like, just terrible. I don't care. Just go on iTunes, leave me a review, subscribe, you download it on your phones, and, and you can hear this voice if you love it or hate it every single day. Now, to kind of conclude this podcast, I didn't talk much about the trade deadline stuff yesterday because we were doing... The mailbag with Justin Nicely. Again, go follow him over on the Burgundy and Bold podcast. But yeah, we were doing that. We were doing all the mailbag stuff yesterday, so I didn't really jump into trade deadline questions. But I was kind of want to go down who got traded, what it was for, and also why I'm glad the Redskins didn't make any moves. So just kind of go off some of the trades. Kelvin Benjamin was acquired by the Bills from the Panthers. I thought that was a big shocker. I didn't really see that coming. But, you know, I mean, Benjamin isn't the greatest receiver, and they already have kind of like the same player in Devin Funches, so I get it. The 49ers traded Rashard Robinson to the Jets. I thought that was uh, extremely stupid. Why would you trade a cornerback in his second year for, what was it, like a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick? I really didn't see that coming. I thought that was actually extremely dumb. 
Rashad Robinson, he does get burned every now and then, but he is a young developing corner. So I really don't know what the Niners were doing there. The Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi to the Eagles for a fourth rounder. Now, this is the big one that everyone's freaking out about. I know a lot of people in the division were freaking it out. All the Redskins fans and Redskins Twitter were, were dying about it. Now, there's a couple of things to note here. Yes, the Eagles got a very, very good player. Like, a really good player. An all-pro, like, all-pro level player in Jay Ajayi. But for how long? Now, I completely get the fourth rounder. I don't think anyone got fleeced in this deal. Because I think, again, the Dolphins got a got something from a guy who they don't think is going to be in the NFL in five years. And But when I say that, I mean, seriously, he has so bad a knees. Like, all you guys listening, if you guys didn't do the draft work and, and look at all the draft stuff with Ajayi, his knees are so terrible that doctors told him he only has, like, a five- to six-year shelf life in the, in the NFL. Now, in my opinion, an all-pro running back for five to six years is 100% worth a fourth-round pick. Other people, it's not. So... Take it what you want, but I, I get where both teams are coming with this. And also, Ajayi was complaining to Gase constantly about them losing and having just, like, outbreaks in the locker room with the coaches. Like, you can't have that in your locker room. I completely get moving on from him. I mean, the Redskins moved on from all their big talkers and guys who complained. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Pierre Garçon is gone. Chris Baker is gone. There's a reason why these guys don't stay on one team very much. It's because it's just not tolerated in the locker room. You need guys who want unity and want teamwork. And a guy who complains about me, me, me all the time gets kicked out of a lot of locker rooms. That's just how it goes. And the, the probably the biggest one of Tuesday's deadline was the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo for a second rounder. I thought that was really interesting, mainly because, one, I think Garoppolo is worth a first in terms of what quarterbacks worth are. And two, I thought it was really weird just because the Patriots picked him in the second round, I believe. Like, why trade him for exactly what you picked? Like, I didn't really see that coming. I expected, you know, when they drafted him in the second round, they either thought he would replace Brady or they would get a first rounder out of him. They would either get, like, higher capital than what they paid for him or he would replace Brady and be their next quarterback. So I really don't understand it from the Patriots' standpoint, but for the Niners, what a win. I mean, Shanahan finally has what seems to be a good quarterback on paper. I, I mean, he's barely played in the NFL, but what seems to be a pretty good, a pretty good quarterback coming in who can actually run his system probably, unlike Brian Hoyer, C.J. Beathard. And now he doesn't have to waste a top five pick on a quarterback. He can take a skill position player and really build that roster. So big win for Shanahan. I completely for the second round they traded. And I think they also have, they still have a second rounder from New Orleans. So they have all that. And overall, really good move. But I did touch on this the other day because I know a lot of Redskins fans were freaking out. They're like, Redskins need to make deals. Redskins need to make deals. No, they don't. Now, I know some of these deals are really flashy on paper, and they look like Madden deals, and they're so awesome. Jay Ajayi's moving. Dwayne Brown's moving. All these dudes are moving. Trade deadline deals don't work out more often than they, than they do. There's a reason why the NFL doesn't trade much. Now, this year was kind of insane. I was actually really, It was really fun to watch. But overall, again, trade deadline deals rarely work, and that's because you need off-seasons to prepare guys. Jacoby Brissett's a rare exception in, New or- in uh, Indianapolis where he came in off of two weeks and he's actually played okay, but he isn't, he isn't even being good. You know, he hasn't been very good with that. He's just been okay. So I just don't think trade deadline deals are, are that effective or that splashy. Like, I think J.J. is going to be fine in Philadelphia. Dwayne Brown's definitely an upgrade for the Seahawks. But I don't think any of these de- like these deadline deals make any of these teams infinitely better. Like, the, the Eagles are still the best team in the NFC. The Seahawks are still probably the second or third best team in the NFC. I don't see them pushing either of these teams way above and beyond. Now, come draft time, these deadline deals will be important because these teams lost draft capital. But, again, I'm glad the Redskins didn't make a deal because what's the point in bringing in, like, maybe a T.Y. Hilton 
or Jarvis Landry, you guys who will be gone in like a year or two, losing a lot of draft capital for them on a team that has 21, 22 injuries. I would rather get these guys healthy first and just play the guys we have than worry about trading and bringing somebody else in. I know there was reports going around the Redskins were looking for receivers. I, again, I'm very glad they did not trade for any of them unless they would have traded like prior for somebody straight up. I just don't want to lose that draft capital for a guy who might leave in, in the offseason, like a Jarvis Landry, for instance. So overall, I'm just glad the Redskins didn't make any trades, and I'm very con- very content with what they did do on Tuesday, which is just lay back and celebrate Halloween. All right, guys, that's all I have for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, be sure, again, to go on iTunes, leave a review, subscribe, rate me, tell me how I'm doing, tell me if I'm great or if I'm terrible, but... Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we go more in-depth with the Seahawks team. I'm going to watch some more tape tonight on the Seahawks, and I will give my final film review on their team as a whole, where I think their team is, and again, if we have any chance at beating them this week.